like you to turn uh, with me to the book of uh, Micah, um, one of the minor uh, prophets. I think after Jonah, you have Micah, and page 930, 930. Okay, let me just read the first chapter, Micah and chapter 1. <clears throat> the word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresheth during the reigns of Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, the vision he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Hear, O peoples, all of you, listen, O earth and all who are in it, that the sovereign Lord may witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming from his dwelling place. He comes down and trades the high places of the earth. The mountains melt beneath him, and the valleys split apart, like wax before the fire, like water rushing down a slope. All this is because of uh, Jacob's transgression, because of the sins of the house of Israel. What is Jacob's transgression? Is it not Samaria? What is Judah's high place? Is it not Jerusalem? Therefore, I will make Samaria a heap of rubble, a place for planting vineyards. I'll pour her stones into the valley and lay bare her foundations. All her idols will be broken to pieces. All her temple gifts will be burnt with fire. I'll destroy all her images. Since she gathered her gifts from wages of prostitutes, as the wages of prostitutes, they will again be used. Because of this, I will weep and well. I will go about barefoot and naked. I will howl like a jackal and mourn like an owl. For her wound is incurable. It has come to Judah. It has reached the very gate of my people, even to Jerusalem itself. Tell it uh, not in Gath. Weep not at all in Beth Ophrah. Roll in the dust. Pass on the nakedness and shame. You who live in Sapphira, those who live in Zanam will come out. Our Beth Ezel is in mourning. Its protection is taken from you. Those who live in Maroth rest uh, in pain, waiting for relief because disaster has come from the Lord, even to the gate of Jerusalem. You who live in Lachish harness the team of the chariot. You were the beginning of sin to the daughter of Zion, for the transgression of Israel were found in you. Therefore, you will give a parting gifts to Moresheth Gath. The town of uh, Akzeb will prove deceptive to the kings of Israel. I'll bring a conqueror against you who live in Moresha. He who is the glory of Israel will come to Adulam, um, shave your heads in mourning for the children in whom you delight. Make yourself as bold as the vulture, for they will go from you into exile.
I've entitled our um, message this morning as um, What Drives People Away from God? What Drives People Away uh, from God? And um, in connection with that, I'd just like, like to read um, two verses from the book of Isaiah um, 59, verse 1 and 2, which says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot serve, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Now, Micah is introduced as one who came from uh, it says the Moresheth. If you look at uh, Micah chapter 1 and verse 1, it says the word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresheth. Now, a number of prophets are introduced by maybe the son of this, you know, this is his father. You know, but for this particular one, uh, the Bible just says this is where he came from. <laughs> um, of, of, of Bazedon, as it were. Maybe that, if you were to put it like that. That's where he came from. That, that's, that's how he's, he's, uh, he's introduced here. Um, now, Micah has got, if you, can, you can try and remember the one thing today, is that Micah br brings forth the message of God in two ways. He brings it by warnings, and then he brings out, you know, hope. Right? He makes sure that the warnings are given out so that the people are aware of what is going on. Now, I remember we are taking you back to the children of Israel, you know, in those, those days, you know, when they were you know, about to be taken into Babylon and, uh, you know, Assyria. I remember they, 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 are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are suffering where the Lord said, I'll take you into captivity. Now here is uh, a prophet, he's speaking to them, you know, there and then. Now, uh, don't just take what he says and apply it to you immediately. We need to understand what, it, what he was saying to them, you know, then, before we can begin to get what the principles are, you know, for ourselves. So he came out with a lot of messages to do with judgment. And uh, the judgment had to come on the people of Israel. Remember, there was the northern kingdom of Samaria and the southern kingdom of Judah. So you find, if you go to Samaria, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, The mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will split like wax before the fire, like water poured down a steep place. All this is for the transgression of Jacob and for the sins of the house of Israel. Now Israel was, was the north and Judah, you know, was the southern kingdom. Uh, look at verse 9. It says, Her wounds are incurable, for it has come, you know, to Judah. It has come to the gate of my people, to Jerusalem. So you have Israel in the north, where there is Samaria. And you have Judah in the south, where there is Jerusalem. And judgment is going to come upon all of them. And these were the people of God. Whether they are 
you know, from Samaria or from Judah, the judgment was going to come. But it will not just end with them. If they are future generations that continue in their sin, judgment was going to come as well. Look at uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Woe to those who devise iniquity and wake out evil on their beds. At morning light, they practice it because it is the power of their hand. They covet fields and take them by violence, also houses, and seize them. And so they oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. Judgment was going to come to the people of God. And uh, the leaders, you know, the, the, the prophets and the other leaders were also denounced in this particular judgment. If you, if you look at verse uh, 6 and 7 of chapter 2, it says, uh, Do not, Prato, you say to those who prophesy, so that they uh, not prophesy to you. They shall not return insult for insult. And you are named in the house of Jacob. Is the spirit of the Lord, you know, restricted? Uh, you look at chapter 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Here now... All heads of Jacob, these are now leaders. And you rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you uh, to know justice? You who hate good and love evil, who strip the skin from my people and the flesh from the bones, who also eat the flesh of my people, uh, flay their skins and from them, break their bones and chop them in pieces. So there is a judgment that is coming, you know, upon the leaders as well. Those that were prophesying evil, those who were uh, leaders, and they were not doing right. So you can imagine uh, the whole of Israel, uh, the whole of uh, Judah, and including the leaders who are in those places, they were all being condemned here. Now, why is this condemnation there? For 500 years, these people rebelled against God. Uh, there was the teaching of the Torah. Remember the, the first five books there? The law that was given. They went against every single commandment. They went against the laws of God. Not only the people, but the leaders as well. The prophets, there were some who were false, you know, prophets. So for 500 years, they, 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 they ignore the word of God. They break every commandment that the Lord had particularly given to them. There was a practice of injustice. There was, uh, there was bribery, you know, all over the place. Uh, the poor were mistreated were mistreated. So this is what the prophet brings to them and say, you are going to be judged if you continue in this particular situation. It is the whole of you in the land, whether you are in Samaria or you are in Judah, whether you are prophets, false prophets, or just leaders in the nation, there is judgment that is coming because you have ignored, you know, the Lord. So you have that kind of message that is given to them. But the prophet at the same time brings out what you'd call the message of hope. He brings a message, you know, of hope. 
You look at uh, chapter 2 and uh, verse 12. Chapter 2 and verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many uh, people. So, so what, what the Lord is saying here is that uh, I'm giving you hope. All right, There is judgment if you disobey, but there is a hope. You find that in chapter 4 as well, chapter 4 verse 1. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of uh, the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come to say, Come, let us go up the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his words and we shall walk in his paths. You see, what, what is happening there? He is providing, you know, the hope that is there if the people can only come to God. Chapter 5. Uh, chapter 5. You find, uh, you know, the, the, the hope again being introduced in there. Look at uh, verse 7. The remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples, like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass that tarry uh, for no man, nor wait for the sons of men. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among uh, the Gentiles, and the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest. What is happening there? He is talking about a hope for those that are in the Lord. I don't know whether you have noticed this is where we have uh, this announcement in verse, chapter 5, verse 2. Have you? I, I hope all of us have memorized that, that verse. Uh, 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the, the thousands of Judah, uh, yet out of you shall come forth to me uh, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings are forth are from of old you know, from everlasting. A prophecy that Christ was going to be born in Bethlehem. All right? David was born in Bethlehem. Is it uh, the King David? And uh, King David was just a shadow of the King of Kings. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And here is a prophecy uh, that comes to these people in this particular place. It comes in the prophecy of Micah of Micah. So now, judgment will come, but there is hope. There is hope. What should the people do? Chapter 6 and verse 8. Chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly uh, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is what God requires. That these people, instead of sinning against God, instead of breaking the commandments of God, they must do justly, they must love mercy, 
and they must walk humbly with God. But how do they do that? In their natural state, they are born sinners. They can't do these things. You know, if they try and do this on their own, it becomes just religious, you know, duty. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, you know, with your God. It, it's not something that you can naturally, you know, do. Something must happen for you to do that. The prophet is preparing these people for the Messiah to come who is going to change the hearts of men and women. You know, all our good works are like filthy rags. That's what the Bible tells us. Yeah? You can try and be just in society. You can try and be merciful. You can try and love this and the other. But unless the Lord has changed your heart, it becomes just an outward, you know, act. The Lord says, my son, uh, give me your heart. He said the battleground is the heart. That's where the battleground is. Uh, the heart desires things that are evil. And that is what was the case with these people. And the Lord says, it is the heart that needs to change. And you know that you cannot change yourself. We cannot change ourselves. Only the maker can be able to change us. And the Lord says, who is God like? Who is, you know, God like? There is a visitation here concerning, you know, God's uh, character. God's character is something that needed to be visited, you know, by these people, uh, which they were, they were missing. If you, you turn to chapter 7 and verse 18, chapter 7, verse 18, the Bible reads, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on you and will subdue your iniquities. You will cast all your sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, Abraham which you have sown at your father's from days, you know, of old. Who is a God uh, like you? Now that, that is the crux of the matter that prophets wants to bring to them. That there is someone who can pardon sin. There is someone who can forgive transgression. There is someone who is merciful. There is someone who is compassionate. There is someone who will tread the sin underfoot and your iniquities will be thrown under the sea. Who can do that? Only God can do that. These people were against God in their ways of living, in the way they treated other people, 
and uh, judgment was come, going to come and they were going to be punished. But you know, what, what the prophet is saying, God does not like people getting punished. He doesn't want people to end up, you know, dying in sin. God is waiting that people might be able to repent. That is his character. God pardons, you know, sin. Don't say, I have sinned beyond. Uh, there's no way that God can forgive me. No, no, no. No one is beyond the forgiveness of God. God can pardon uh, the sin of a man and a woman, you know, wherever uh, they are, as long as they surrender their hearts, you know, to the Lord. The Lord says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. God will forgive sin. And he has, he has planned it in such a way that the Lord Jesus Christ was sent to be able to live amongst us. And uh, he went to the cross. He suffered on the cross. And there, you know, he died. He was buried. And he overcame death. He rose again from the dead. And so now he's at the right hand of the Father interceding, you know, for us. This in Micah, when he is prophesying about Jesus being born in Bethlehem, it is the provision of dealing with sin. That's how God provides the way, you know, of escape. It is only through the death, uh, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. He had to be born in Bethlehem, according to the prophecy. And he died in Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only way that people can be right with God. Please do not be cheated that there are many ways of climbing a mountain. Right? Many ways of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. And therefore, there are many ways of going to heaven. There is only one way. If you come across a religion where the Lord Jesus Christ is not mentioned, then they are a false religion. Because the Lord says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And throughout, you know, the Old Testament, there is preparation for the coming, you know, of the Lord Jesus Christ. God pardons sin in his son. God forgives transgression in his son. God is merciful through his son. God is compassionate uh, through his son. God throws away sin under the sea through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you have never come uh, face to face with Christ, if you have never come to him and said, Lord, I am a sinner, uh, I can't change myself. If you haven't come to that point, then you are not yet a Christian, because a Christian has to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and confess that I am a sinner and I can change, but I cannot change myself. Something external has to come to change me. I am dead. You know, have you ever seen a dead body waking itself up? No. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. Only God gives us life. You know, we have to come uh, to him and recognize uh, that he's the only way that we can be right before God. And so God, who is a God? Uh, who, who, who is a God 
like you. Not basically, we are looking at the Lord our God and asking the question, who is a God like you? And there are two things there, the character, which we've looked at, but there's also the promises that he made. Remember, he made the promises to Abraham. You know, your descendants will be like, uh, you know, the son of the sea or something. I mean, you, uncountable number. And even Micah tells us that salvation is not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. Right? God is going to have his children from all nations, from every tongue. Even from my village, there are people who are converted. Very remote part of Zambia. Why? Because they promised, God promised through Abraham that every nation, every tongue, there will be someone that is going to come, you know, to know the Lord. God doesn't love punishing people. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ so that people can be saved. Why do you want to continue living in sin? Why don't you uh, recognize the fact that only Christ can change your heart? If you have any questions to do with salvation, please uh, see the pastor or the other elders here, the church leaders, and, and, and discuss this matter. Because it's a matter of life and death. If there is one thing that is very important in life, is knowing where you're going when you die. You know, death has to come to all of us. Right? Everybody will die unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. And death is one thing that we, we have failed to conquer. We grow old and we die. Even when you can avoid every accident in the world, one day you'll still die. And when we die, where are we going to be? Are we with the Lord? Or are we going to be, uh, you know, punished, as it were, in, in hell? That's what the Bible tells. It's not, it's not a threat, but that's what the Bible says. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke about hell so many times. Unless you uh, believe, unless you repent, you will perish. Unless you repent, you will perish. That's why the Lord said time and time again. Here the children of Israel wonder by their sinfulness, and yet the Lord gives them hope. And here we are today. There is sin in the nation from every angle. People have uh, are given up the Bible. They don't even want the children in school to learn Bible stories. Keep them away from the Bible as much as possible. But then they've forgotten that, uh, you know, the nation was built on biblical principles. That's why there's so much honesty and so on amongst people. But if you throw away the Bible and you're going to reap what you'll get out of that. So it's important uh, that the word of God is shared amongst the people. And the way we can go about it Every one of us has a responsibility to share, you know, the word of God. Don't say, I am in a care home, I'm, I'm bound, I, I mean, I'm, in, I'm, I'm only housebound, I can't share with anyone. I know if you are housebound, there are carers who come to, to help you. So you can actually witness to the carer. All right? Speak to them about the Lord Jesus Christ if you're a child of God. 
when you are just on your own at home. But many of us have got our neighbors and we chat, we talk about the garden and the sunshine, but not to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to share. Because they are going to hell. Unless they repent, they're going to hell. Some of us are in school and we are friends, we are classmates, college mates, wherever we are in university. And uh, we are the only neighbors to those people. And we have got to speak to them. There is no one else who is there. You are the only Christian who is the neighbor to that non-Christian. And so the Lord has given you uh, the, the, the challenge to be able to share the gospel with that particular person. It's not very difficult. Just talk about how the Lord came to serve you. They may not like it, right? But at least you have shared it. And one time or another, they are going to remember, especially when they find themselves in a difficult situation, and they'll come back and say, what were you saying? I'd like to hear more. You know, sometimes we say that, uh, you know, it's not our culture to go door to door and uh, share the gospel with people. But within the same country, I know of church groups where they have gone door to door sharing, and there are people who have appreciated. You know, you might have 50 people reject it, but number 51 is so excited that you came. And that gives the, you know, the reason to go for the one and so that they can be able to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a number of churches that are growing uh, because the people are going out. The Lord says go. Uh, it doesn't say that the non-Christian should come to the church and hear the gospel. No, we need to go out there and so that the people can hear the gospel. Only then can they be able to come. And I say this, I think you've seen it in the past in this country, uh, especially the Baptist circles where, you know, Spurgeon, C.H. Spurgeon was. Um, you know, when he died, it's like London came to a standstill. Why? Because he was in touch with the common people. The ordinary, you know, drunkard will come to him and say, Spurgeon, I'm your convert. And Spurgeon would say, yes, you must be mine, because if you were gods, you wouldn't be staggering like that. That, that contact with the non-Christian world is so important uh, if the gospel is going to spread. We need to be courageous and, um, you know, don't be scared by the media and what they're able to say and do. We need to fear the Lord and do, you know, the work that he has given, you know, to us. Remember his character. He wants to pardon sin. And he has promised that people are going to be saved. And so our duty is to obey the Lord in preaching his word. People are driven away from God because of sin. Sin has separated people from God. But it is only uh, when that sin is dealt with in the Lord Jesus Christ that people can be able to worship God in a way that is honoring, you know, to his name. Are you going to be a partner in the gospel preaching so that the whole of this town can hear about, uh, about Christ? Remember the disciples were only 12, right? And then Judas, you know, left. 
Okay, they go to uh, somebody else. But, you know, the 12, because of the 12, even my village had the gospel. All right? The 12 disciples turned the world upside down. And I'm pretty sure we are more than 12 in this place. <laughs> All right? So the whole of Bazendon really should hear the gospel from the church here. Let's, um, let's end there for, for, for now. We'll continue with Micah. You know, in the afternoon. Let's uh, let's just pray together.